This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you demand free shipping? Do you eat chicken wings on camera? Do you not know when to plunge your coffee? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our mousse-bouche. So for today's mousse-bouche, I want to talk about Café Sospezzo. So do you know what this is? Is it suspicious coffee? It literally translates as suspended coffee. Suspended. That makes Suspended in midair. <laughs> yes. So have you ever had suspended coffee? I don't think I have. What do you think this is? I think that it's coffee mm-hmm. that has been um, let go, but not fully fired. Just on a slight suspension. <laughs> Okay. So what this is, is something from Naples, originated in Naples, Italy. And local dialect actually might say suspizo. And so it started in the late 1800s. And it was definitely a thing in World War I. And it ebbs and flows with the unemployment rate and sort of how the economy is doing. So any other thoughts of what this could be? Oh, we wanted more thoughts. I was just, I was already listening. <laughs> now I was just in learning. Okay. All right. We're in learning <laughs> mode. Fine. So what this is, is a Napolitano tradition of buying a coffee for a stranger. And so what you do is you buy a coffee and then you'll buy a second coffee and you will ask the barista to suspend it. And then they'll keep it on file. And then somebody comes in who doesn't have the money for a coffee and they'll ask, oh, do you have any suspended coffees available? And the barista will say, yes. And if they do, then they will give that person a free coffee. I love this. Love this. And it's so much better than a coffee that's been um, suspended for, I don't know, behavioral issues. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Detention. (laughs) Talking in class. Yes. So it's just an anonymous act of kindness. And what I love about this is that it's one of those etiquette things that like is lovely in and of itself, but it also is a window into like this entire society. 
it actually gives you the full like 4,000 year history of Naples in this snapshot. And I love when etiquette rules or etiquette things sort of like do that because you're like, oh, this is the point. So cool. I mean, what we learn is that people in Naples really do look out for each other in a way that's pretty rare for a city of like 2 million people. And there's a lot of historical reasons for this. I mean, Northern Italy, Southern Italy, economies are different. A lot of ink has been spilled on this topic. But definitely going back to like late 1800s, when Italy unified and became a single country, this is when this actually started up. Because I think this is when Naples was sort of like being left behind a little bit, where like the party was in Northern Italy, it was in Milan, it was in Turin, it was in Rome, and it was sort of like, wasn't necessarily in Naples. And so it is not coincidental that this suspended coffee tradition started in the late 1800s around the same time. And just sidebar, we forget that Italy is a very new country. 1861, In 1861, Lincoln was president of the United States. We were already on our 16th president by the time Italy became a country. So like, interesting, Italy's younger than the United States. So economically, Naples, unemployment has historically been higher than elsewhere in Italy and definitely has been hit harder by different crises like Eurozone crisis in 2009. Wasn't a great time in Naples. And so I think this idea of like, oh, let's take care of each other. Let's pay it forward. I can afford an extra coffee. Let me do something nice for my fellow citizen. It's a really an amazing sort of spirit that is really embedded in this fabric of Naples that has been going on for 4,000 years. I mean, when you think of the history of Naples going back to like Greek settlement in 2000 BC to today, like a lot's gone down. But the thing that like keeps everybody together is like, oh, we are all of Naples. Like we all like have this sort of identity that like unites us. Um, and I think this suspended coffee is definitely one of these things. So I really love that about this etiquette thing and just etiquette in general, I guess. Oh, I love it. It's so great. And also I want to do it. I want to go to Naples and do it. Let's do it. Oh, Naples is wonderful. I was there a few months ago and I got to say the coffee is better. The pizza is better. Like it, I, I really think it probably is the best pizza in Italy, the best coffee. Cause like there is that volcanic soil because uh, we all remember Pompeii and Vesuvius, you know, it was kind mm. of a thing. And so <laughs> that volcanic soil really does affect the water and the water is so crucial to espresso. It's so crucial to pizza dough. And that's why you have to be in Naples to really experience it. You can't export these things. And mm. so, yeah, let's go, Leah. Let's do it. Let's do- No, really, let's do it. I know you really want to, yeah. <laughs> I know you're like traveling with Leah. I can hang in. I mean, I was just there. So like, you know, I, I was just there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, I'll give you some recommendations for where to get pizza. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> All right, we'll go. Andiamo. Let's go suspend. And we're back. And now we just have to go deep. <laughs> deep and shopping. It doesn't actually have to be shopping. There's so many ways in which this is applied. So for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about being a good customer. I think so often we talk about like, oh, I went to a store and they were rude to me. And But like, what about you? Are you perfect? <laughs> Are you doing it right? Are you nailing it 100% of the time? Pointed, pointed. <laughs> what about you? What about you? Maybe the problem is you. So let's just talk about things that maybe come up and then let's uh, try and avoid being the problem. I mean, sounds good to me. Okay. I mean, the first thing on my list is I think the golden rule, which is just like treat the people how you want to be treated. Like, let's start there as a baseline. Yes. I think we should start everything with that baseline. Yes. I mean, that's a good baseline. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But definitely in any encounter in a retail environment, yeah, I think we want to do that, especially when things go wrong. 
Because that's usually the problem. Like if you're just buying something in a supermarket and the transaction is smooth, like there's no problem here. It's when things go off the rails that, you know, etiquette problems arise. Yes. Although I've seen etiquette problems arise with nothing actually being that wrong. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there is spontaneous combustion <laughs> when it comes to etiquette. Yeah, that is And then true. you do that thing where you're like acting like you're not watching because that would be rude, but you're also totally watching. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely love being an innocent bystander sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's what this whole show is. We're basically innocent bystanders <laughs> to amazing etiquette problems. It's true. Uh, but the golden rule, I feel like let's just start there. And then there's the question of, is the customer always right? And it's like, no, actually, no. Oh, definitely not. I feel like I've I've worked on the other side so much that I think it's nice to approach the situation as if you want to hear the customer out. Because a lot of times people just want to be heard. Yeah. So the idea that like you could be listened to, but also at the same time, obviously some things are out of bounds. Yes. And I think one issue that comes up is people treating stores all the same and kind of expecting an Amazon experience like at your local mom and pop hardware store. And it's kind of like, oh, they might have a different return policy. You know, they, they might actually have a restocking fee. Like the policies may be different. So you can't like demand Amazon service like everywhere. Like, oh, I expect this in two days for free. And I want free returns, even if I use it and like, I want no questions asked. And it's like, not everybody works that way. Yeah. Shipping is actually very expensive for small businesses. Oh, definitely. Yes. So certainly you can ask for coupon codes, you know, you can ask for discounts, but like, don't be mad if they can't or won't. It's also not even just the price of the shipping. A lot of things have to be packaged correctly to be shipped if it's things that are breakable or not irregular. And that's somebody's time that they're paying. Yeah. So I think just an understanding that like not all retail is the same. I guess that's an important thing just to be mindful of. Like, am I being reasonable? I guess that's what it is. Am I being reasonable? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Am I being reasonable? Right. Yeah. I guess that's what it kind of comes down to. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the end of the segment. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Actually, that's the end of the show. That is. Yeah. If we could just achieve that. Oh, goodbye. Yeah. We hang up a gone fishing sign and we're done. Yeah. Where's my Nobel Prize? I would actually love to go fishing with you. I think that would be. <laughs> I just imagined us both in waders. Like we're all of a sudden. Went, oh, I just we're went going right to fishing. fly fishing. No, no. I need I need a little hut. I need a little hole in the ice. <laughs> That's what we're doing. A hat. Yeah, some cocoa. I'm ready to roll. That would be fun. I'll do that too. Okay. Yeah, you're up for anything. I really am. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's one, one of, of your good... finer qualities. I, that's what I was going to say. I think it's an <laughs> enjoyable part of me. Um, I think that also many small businesses are artists. True. And so I have a friend who's a painter. I've witnessed this on many an occasion. And they do yeah. landscapes. Okay. And people will be like, hey, do you do portraits? Do you do caricatures? And I think it's... I mean, you want to ask, ask, but then when they say, oh, no, I do landscapes, you don't need to tell people, oh, well, you should be doing this. <laughs> yes. Let me actually tell you how you should run your business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I think just take no for an answer. Let's not criticize their business model. Yeah. And also realize it's their art. So you're actually criticizing something very personal they've been working on for a very long time. Also that. Yeah. Oh, that's actually bad for a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah. I don't like any of that. I would yeah. actually say I love what you do. I've been specifically looking for this thing by any chance. Right. Instead of just being like, hey, do you do caricatures? Well, you should. <laughs> well, you should. Big missed opportunity. Big mistake. <laughs> Huge. Huge. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I think uh, that I think that's a good note. It's just like, is my request reasonable? Is my request insulting? Is another part of that. Another thing I wanted to note is that businesses do live in fear, like small businesses, of bad reviews. And I think a lot of people are very quick to threaten a bad review, which is basically extortion. And it's kind of like extortion is rude. Extortion is rude. That is. I think extortion is rude. <laughs> so, so I feel like before you leave a negative review, make sure that that is really warranted and important to do and is a service to other potential customers. Like, I feel like we really want to be mindful of like the impact a negative review can have because small businesses definitely live and die by these. So if they're just like the worst people ever and they're like scamming everybody, sure, absolutely warn people. If it was like an issue you had and is this really something you need to like put them on blast for? And if it's not, then it's sort of like, maybe just not leave the negative review. I don't know. I feel like it just requires some thought before you just hit like submit. I also think so many people just give reviews when they want to voice a concern if you had a great time at a small business and you loved it, throw up a lovely review. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think most people who leave reviews only leave negative reviews. And that definitely kind of skews the review system, which is broken on a lot of different levels. So it's like, okay, we really even trust this whole system we built, but. You can also join me, which I've discussed before, where once a month I go online and I write nice reviews under everything I've enjoyed all month, trying to flip the world into a nicer place. Yeah, I mean, do what you can. I don't know what kind of dent you're making, but, uh, you know, it's something. I, step by step. Yeah, be the change you want to see, Leah. Yes. And next on my list, I think it's just about expectations for like what is reasonable. Because I feel like maybe we have different definitions of like, oh, what is reasonable? Yeah, and I think we can discuss returns. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people expect, because I think companies like Amazon has sort of like instilled this in a lot of us, which is like, I should be able to return anything at any time for any reason, even if I use the whole thing. And just because I like, changed my mind. And it's kind of like, uh, mm, mm, I mean, I guess if that's Amazon's policy, okay, great. But I don't think we want to necessarily like expect that from everywhere. Yeah, I think places like there are some clothing companies that have, oh, these shoes should last forever. Let us know if something happens. That's one thing. Yes. But this is still a customer. I've been a waitress where people eat the whole meal and then tell me they didn't like it. Yeah. And the price, I'll be like, oh, you know, you're, you're trying to have that like, oh, but it's like you ate the entire thing and you didn't like it and now you don't want to pay for it. That seems, I would say, slightly unreasonable. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that person would be like, oh, but the customer's always right. <laughs> I, I, those of you at home can't see, I did my, I immediately just did my fake frozen smile. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm just yeah. going to go get somebody else because I don't, Yeah, I don't want to lose the tip on this table, but also that's a wild request. That's bonkers. Yeah. So yeah, I guess being reasonable. Lastly, international. It has come to my attention that some people do leave the United States expecting an American style of customer service elsewhere. And I do find it hilarious slash sad to overhear Americans complaining to hotels or restaurants or museum desks that something isn't how they want it to be because this is not how it is in the United States. And it's kind of like, but you're not in the United States. And so therefore you're not going to get that. Like your request is unreasonable for this context. So it just feels like, just know that reasonableness is contextual. <laughs> know that reasonableness <laughs> is contextual. Yeah, it's like you're not going to get free refills at the cafe in Paris. 
Like, that's just not a thing that's going to happen for you. I'm so sorry. You're also not going to get free refills in New York City. So know that going right. in. Also, there's that. That's yeah. a hard lesson learned at one place in Times Square. Right. <laughs> or like, oh, why isn't this shop going to like negotiate prices with you? It's because like, that's not what a boutique in Florence does. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah, okay, you're going to buy two purses. Great. It's just the price of two purses. They're not going to probably give you a bulk discount. So don't ask. Are people doing that in the United States? It happens. I'm sure it happens. Everything happens. It's like we live in the multi-universe world. You know, everything, everywhere, all at once. Where like everything that could happen has happened. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's that. I also, this reminded me, I recently was a customer in a situation. And this was a learning experience for me. And it had to do with my car. And I'd had a, I needed service for something. And I'd called and the help I had gotten on the phone was not helpful. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I got to go in. So I came in, I erased that experience on the phone. So I came in not angry, not aggressive, not like, you know what I mean? So I came in being like, I'm sure I just want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, uh -huh. you know, and it went so smooth. I mean, that's quite nice of you because for an experience on the phone to go so terrible that you had to show up in person physically to solve this problem, like... I don't know what happened to you on the phone, but I definitely would not let that go. They're not the same groups of people. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Yes, it is a different person on the phone. The person at that place isn't that other person. That's true. I mean, recognizing other people's humanity. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is important. I mentioned that, oh, you know, but I was sort of like, I'm sure we can handle, you know? Yes, we don't need customer service for this. 800 <laughs> number, just, who needs It was them? so much smoother. I, I do think there is something to know that people who are, they're working, don't, you know, if you just show up and you're already at a 10. Yes. Even though yes. I wanted to be at a 10, do you know, it's not going to serve anybody. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels satisfying in the moment. But if the idea is like, oh, what's my goal here? Which what's is, my goal? I want to solve this problem and I want to leave here as quickly as possible. Yeah, being at a 10 is usually not going to be actually the fastest way to do that. It actually went very well. I was entirely shocked. I mean, congratulations. Thank you. So being a good customer, I feel like this topic is like big. So I think we will revisit this, like uh, some of these other big topics, supermarkets, airplanes, cars, being a good customer. I think it's an important thing because I think in our consumer driven society that we live in, we're all customers. So it's important uh, to be good ones. I also think there, future thought, there is a, a difference between a place where we're a customer once and mm. we are regularly a customer of a place. And what is that relationship? And are there different expectations? Oh, there are definitely different expectations. Oh, but should there be? I mean, I feel like we should be as nice. Ooh, Leah Bonima. Woo! Oh, you went deep. Oh, you went deep. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is good. I mean, I think there are different expectations, but there shouldn't be. All right, put a pin in that. Put a pin in it. Oh, I can't wait. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already we started at 10. 
And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. So our first question is, quote, my big boss, who is located in another state, has invited me to a virtual luncheon on Friday to celebrate my four-year company anniversary. While I'm honored to be invited, and while she seems like a perfectly nice person, I would not describe her as a particularly warm person, so I can't imagine a more awkward interaction. Also, eating on video seems super awkward. Should I actually eat on video? complicating matters, she sent me a Grubhub gift certificate to purchase said lunch. Truth be told, I have never had food delivered to me in my life. While I was not raised by wolves, I did grow up in a rural area where delivery was not an option. Now that I live in a suburb outside a major city, the restaurant choices are slim, and we usually just cook at home. If we do order takeout, we usually go and pick it up. Obviously, I must attend this event. So my questions are, do I have to eat on video? And if the answer is yes, do I need to use the Grubhub gift certificate for this event? Or can I just eat my leftovers? Obviously, this is a person after my own heart. Sure, rural. I've mentioned before that I didn't do takeout until way later in my life. And <laughs> Late in life? Okay. I struggle with the whole concept. Uh, I also go and pick up because when people drop off food, it's so hard for me not to be like, come in, are you eating? What's going on? Uh, I mean, I think you do get over that, but all right. No, I just still go and pick up. That's how <laughs> okay. I got over it. Or somebody else in the house does it and I go hide in the bathroom when they come to try to uh, stop myself from being like, get in here, you need food. Okay. So I understand. Sure. But I don't think that's the awkward thing here. I mean, the awkward thing is like, oh, I now have a Zoom lunch with my like big boss who I don't even know that well. And like, what is that? I think there's two awkwards because she says, can I just eat my leftovers or do I have to use the Grubhub? And I, right. for my first one is, I would use the Grubhub. I feel like this woman sent it to you as like a gift and that's sort of what the expectation of what this lunch is going to be. Yes. I think the idea is like, oh, let me take you for lunch to celebrate your anniversary. 
because we're in different states, we cannot do this in person, so we're gonna do it virtually. But I'm still covering lunch. So the idea that like I'm covering lunch, like you gotta eat the lunch I'm buying you. Yeah. So I would just do it. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I would just have that food there. Yes. I don't think we want the delivery happening while the Zoom is happening. Yeah, I would get it in or have it ordered for earlier so you make sure it's there for when you go on the meeting. Right. And I guess, do I have to eat on camera? Yeah, I think we're having lunch together. I think we're definitely being like, oh, what'd you get? Oh, what'd you get? Oh, well, I ordered from this place. And then maybe you can tell a story about how this is your first Grubhub. And then maybe if you feel uncomfortable, you just like take one or two bites. Um, I think we're doing more eating than that. But yeah, I mean, I think you got to feel it out. Now, I was thinking like, I think there is some strategy available to us in terms of what we order from Grubhub. Because I think there is food that we don't want to eat on camera. So I don't think we want to have like chicken wings, sloppy joes, uh, pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think there's just certain foods that are like, oh, maybe we don't want to be eating these items on camera. Also, if you feel uncomfortable eating, you could always do a food where it's just a one hand and then your other hand can sort of go up in front of your mouth while you're chewing. Um, Yeah, yeah, I guess you could do that. I was thinking, though, it does feel like finger foods are somehow more elegant in this situation than using cutlery. There's something about, especially like using a knife and fork together, there's something about that, I don't know about that on camera, Mm. that like actually seems like more eating-y than like not. And like being very Victorian about it, which is what we're trying to achieve. We want to be like, oh, I'm not actually eating on Zoom right now. And so like, oh, what would achieve that? So I was like, oh, sushi, you know, chopsticks, that feels kind of like easier. It's one-handed. Then I was thinking like maybe chicken nuggets. Like I thought that actually kind of a good finger food that could work. Oh, like a dip and then a pop. Right. Or like a crudite thing or like a cheese platter. I love how you're like, but not chicken wing. You should see me do a chicken wing. I, I mean, I eat the whole, there is not even cartilage left when I'm done. <laughs> I eat the bone. Actually, there is nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> but right, I mean, I, right, we agree that like chicken wings feels like maybe the wrong food item. Or it's the right food and it's just, it's a, you're letting them know this is how I eat chicken. Or do we want like smoothie? Maybe it's just like beverages. I was thinking smoothie, but then you're going to have the um, straw noise. Right. Well, it's a minefield. It's a culinary <laughs> minefield. But point being, I guess you just got to use the gift certificate. You just got to endure this lunch and that's the end of it. And just hope that for the fifth year anniversary, Uh, something else happens. I think we're trying to stay away from food that breaks and then sticks around our mouths. I think we want to avoid foods that cannot be easily enjoyed in one bite, Mm -hmm. right? I think we don't want like spaghetti. We don't want like lettuce that are like big pieces of lettuce where you're like kind of have to use the fork to kind of shove it in, you know, that kind of lettuce. But I do see like we could do a tuna fish sandwich where we pick it up, we do a bite and we put it down. Yeah, yeah. I think in my mind, I feel like the two-handed thing is like not what I want. Like I thought one hand would be more cash, like more I'm like snacking on camera rather than like I'm having a big like three-course meal kind of thing. I mean, they invited us to lunch, you know, so they got to know we're eating. Yeah, I guess. I think I'm overthinking it. Yeah, I guess what difference does it make? Also, no one remembers any of this. No one's going to remember anything. Also, they're going to be eating. Hopefully. Wouldn't it be great if they just showed up and just watched you eat the whole time? Oh, I just want to watch you eat. Then let's make some phone calls. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's an HR. That's an HR call. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let us know how it goes. I'd be very curious to see what did you order? How did it go? What was the result? Uh, give us some aftermath on this. I just visualized a knife and fork in my mind and it wasn't that horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's not horrible. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. 
Yeah, I guess it's fine. So do that. I would just get a food you love with their gift certificate. Okay. Yeah, I guess that that also could be a thing we did not discuss previously. Yeah, get what you want to eat. Yeah. Get what you want to eat. <laughs> get what you want to eat. We should have started with that. That actually, that would have been the best idea. Something yes. you enjoy. Let them treat you to something you enjoy. And so if that's chicken wings and pudding, who are we to say no? I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the pudding. Sure. I mean, what if chicken wings and pudding is also their favorite meal? Now we've got 20 minutes of conversation done. I definitely would have some follow-up questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is, quote, I just ordered coffee after a fine meal in a very nice restaurant. It was a French press, which I also brew at home. So I watched it sit for a while, trying to figure out if I was to press it or wait. I opted to wait, and indeed the waiter came along and pressed and poured. But was I correct to not take matters into my own hands? It reminded me of that Madonna, Justin Timberlake. Is Britney Spears also in their song where they go, we only got four minutes to save the world. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, four minutes is a very popular time for French presses. So I think that song would be apropos. I just heard it in my head as I read this question. Um, but first, what is a French press? So for anybody who doesn't know, it's called different things around the world, but I think we've probably all seen them. It's like a glass cylinder and you put coarse coffee in the bottom and you pour water on that, hot water. And then there's like a little mesh screen that goes in this cylinder. And after the coffee has been like brewing for four minutes, if you want four minutes, or some <laughs> people do like up to eight minutes. That feels a little long for me, but there is a lot of ink spilled in terms of the proper brew time for a French press, but whatever the time is for you. But once that's done on that screen, it's attached to like a little plunger thing. And then you like plunge it down and the coffee without the grinds goes through the screen. And so above the screen, you have like coffee to pour. And then we pour coffee. Very hard to actually describe a French press uh, in a podcast format, I just realized. But hopefully you get the idea. I will post a link to this in the show notes in case anybody did not get what I was talking about. Also, visually, it's like it's just like a glass colander with like a little handle usually. Yeah, it's like a little pit glass pitcher. And then in it, there's like a little plunger that like pushes down the grounds. I don't know why we're making this so complicated. Because we're that's we're fun. That's what we do. That's that's how we do it. And so that's the French press. And so I guess my question is, how fancy of a place is this? Because there is a type of dining, which is like, I don't do anything for myself. You know, these are the types of restaurants that like, they put the napkin in your lap. You know, it's that kind of place. Then I would say, let them plunge. Yeah, I when I, if a fine meal, a very nice restaurant, I thought mm -hmm. they plunge. Yeah. I mean, if it's the type of place that they bring you like the carafe of water and you're expected to like pour your own water, then it's probably a help yourself situation with the coffee. I think that if you wanted to plunge, mm. plunge away. Yes. I think if the time had elapsed and they were nowhere to be seen and you wanted the coffee, yeah, I think you could plunge. Sure. Actually, I'm reminded, I was somewhere recently where I actually got French press coffee and they actually brought it with a little egg timer oh. for four minutes. And so they like brought the coffee, brought the egg timer. And then it was sort of like, I guess the idea is that if they had not returned by that time, then I could do it. Or this was their signal to like come back when the egg timer ran out. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love a plan of attack. Like if you're dropping off a French press and I, I want to know, you know, how do you, what if you'd never seen a French press and you're like, are you pushing? Am I pushing? Or does it need to be pushed? Does it need to be pushed? Some people might not even know we're pushing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it would be great if, if someone, when it's dropped off, you'd be like, I'll be back in four minutes to. Well, normally they actually would say something. I mean, they'll be like, I'll be back. Or like, 
let that sit for four minutes. Like usually there'll be some instruction just to, you know, make sure that everybody knows what's happening. But yeah, absent that, then I think you just wait. Now, if it arrives at your table already plunged, well then voila. Voila. So there's that. So I think if there's no plan of attack when they drop it off, you wait your allotted time. If you don't see them, feel free to plunge. Plunge away. Unless you don't want to plunge and then just keep waiting. (laughs) Forever. Until the restaurant closes. Yeah. You're sitting there. The lights are off. And you can be like, I wasn't given directions. I'm waiting for you to plunge. (laughs) So you could do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Love iced coffee. So do you have questions for us about plunging or not plunging? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. Did you know we have merchandise? No. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, you didn't? Well, it's true. There's mugs, there's tote bags, there's t-shirts, there's pillows, there's stationery, custom stationery, boxes of stationery, all sorts of great stuff. So go to our website and check it out. And we're always adding to the pillow collection. Yes. Anytime something comes up on our show, which is like, put that on a pillow. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So check it out. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So did you know you can help support our show on Patreon? We have a Patreon. We do. And like there's tons of fun stuff there. There's videos, there's audio clips, all sorts of stuff. I was just thinking about how many videos there must be up there by now. Oh, there's a lot. Oh, there's a lot of bonus content that you have never seen if you do not join us on Patreon. So go to our website, select monthly membership and see if that's something you'd like to do. We'd so appreciate it. We really would. So please check it out. And thank you. Thank you. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I would love, I feel like you always let me go first. So I would love for you to feel like you get to go first. I mean, happy to. So for me, I would like to vent. And so for today, <laughs> I was I hanging in there for a second. Group fitness, which is typically your domain, but uh, sometimes I dabble and I am reminded I don't enjoy group fitness because they are cesspools of bad etiquette. And so I forgot this, I guess. And so I signed up for a weekend boot campy CrossFit-ish type of thing. And so here I'm in the class and we're about to do a thing where there are rowing machines involved. And so it's going to be me and another person. We'll call him Chad. And then other people who are doing something and then like we switch. And so I'm setting up the rower and I actually like rowing a lot. It's actually one of the few cardio (laughs) machines that I actually like. And I've actually logged a lot of meters on a rowing machine. I've probably done a couple (laughs) million meters. Yeah, no, I actually, I'm kind of uh, into it. It's very meditative. And so I like it. And so I'm setting up the machine and Chad, who actually is quite tall. So actually physically, like definitely more of the body type that like rowing is designed for. You know, you've seen these people who do crew, like nobody is under six feet. Chad is like looking over at my rower and he says to me, oh, I think that damper setting is going to be a bit high for you. Mm-mm. You should bring that down to a five. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Chad throughout this whole class had that vibe with the instructors, which was like, 
if you need me to like jump in here and teach, like I'm, I'm available. <laughs> no, like, no, I got this. Like you need no. me, you mean you jump in? I can correct people's form. No problem. And so like he had that vibe. And so like, this was just like more of that. And it was directed at me, which was like, oh, I don't care for that. <laughs> I don't care for that at all. Because also it was sort of like, I also do really actually know what I'm doing on this machine. Like of all the things in the gym, like this is a machine I actually know what's happening on. And it was like, don't correct me. And so I just looked at him and I was like, oh, this is good for me, uh, but thank you. And I try to do that in my most non-judgmental, value-neutral way. I don't know if I achieved that, but that was the goal. And so like, okay, fine. So we begin, and it was only like uh, 200 meters or something. So actually not a long amount of rowing. But I look over to this Chad guy, and he is flailing. He's yanking that chain. It's flying all over the place. His timing is all off. And so I finish way before he does, like like half the amount of time. And they're like, oh, that's satisfying. And so we complete the workout. But then as we're leaving the gym, he comes up to me and he's like, oh, you were better on the rower than I was expecting. Nice job. And I was sort of like, oh. What is happening? Oh, we oh, could not just leave it alone. Could not leave it alone. So I was like, thank you. I enjoy rowing. <laughs> and I just wow. left it Wow. <laughs> wow. And you were like, you're so much worse. Yeah, I wanted to be like, oh, well, you know, if you had a, any experience on the rower, you would know you did it wrong. Uh, but <laughs> no. He can be on his own journey, sure. But I mean, what is happening in this world? What is happening? What is happening in this world? So for the record, I do enjoy rowing. I know how to do it. And so your feedback is not required. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a solid line for people because this happens at the gym so much. Your feedback is not required, but thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? You know, I'm going to vent. All right. So what has happened? So I was at a, I was an audience member mm -hmm. at a theater solo performance. Okay. And it was a comic doing a one person show. And it was about a very hard time in their life. It was the passing of some, a family member. And mm -hmm. it was like a very well done show. So thoughtful and sad. And then also the, like the perfect moments of comedy. Great show. And right at the most emotional point, uh -huh. in the most tender moments, uh -huh. these people behind me started talking. Oh, Okay. This person is giving their heart on stage, their performance also about a very traumatic time of their life. And people, and I think they think they're whispering um, because they're using that whisper voice, which actually is almost louder than a regular right. voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people think this is effective. And, you know, I feel for the person on stage the most inopportune moment. And so I kind of do the look over the shoulder, mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, what? And then I noticed the person I'm with is also looking over their shoulder like, are you are you serious right now? Wow. Not only are you talking in a small, intimate theater, but you're talking during the most heart bleeding moment of the whole thing. I just I can't. I can't. Yeah, that that I mean, it's rude to, I think, interrupt any performance, but also like pick your timing. Pick your timing. If you got to check in on like, oh, how the game was last night. At least wait until, like, the applause break. Yeah, wait until, like, and not when their person is pouring their heart out on stage and it's the most quiet because everybody's about to cry. And then you're like, did you hear what I got as a text? Okay. You need to be walked out. You need to be walked out. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that whisper thing that people do, which is like not a whisper, it is louder, I think. It like cuts through the air in this way because people are like, hey, did you hear my... Yeah, everybody can hear your... Yeah. Everybody can hear it. That's not a whisper. Yeah, it's like, I didn't realize you put raisins in potato salad, but that sounds like a good idea for later. Let's make sure we stop by the supermarket on the way home. Oh, is she dead yet on stage? How much more is there? <laughs> I yeah, I don't know what we do with this. And then afterwards, it was like a you know, it was like a small theater, so we're all outside, and that, and I just kept staring. I couldn't stop staring at them. Like, who are you? I know you wanted your stares to register, like, oh, that person is staring at us because we were bad people earlier, and you want them to make that connection. They won't make that connection. Oh, I don't even want them to make that connection. I didn't think that far ahead. I just can't stop staring. I want to be like, what kind of a- Oh, that's why I keep staring at people who do rude things. I do secretly hope that they'll realize. I They'll never realize. <laughs> they live in a unrealizing world. I just want to be in their head and be like, what part of you doesn't get how disruptive and incredibly rude you are? Like, like I'm going to somehow unlock the secret, but I never do. Yeah. If we could figure that out though, because then we could figure out what can be done about it. Is there a remedy, some sort of an elixir? Right. Salve? A vitamin, perhaps? Yeah, an injection. Is there molecular something, something that sounds technical and <laughs> scientific? Is there, can we get some nuclear fission involved? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, is there a quantum wave theory available to us <laughs> somehow? Yeah. Uh, are there gluons? I feel like those can come in handy. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry it happened to the person on stage is who I'm sorry it happened yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, that is unfortunate. But I guess when you're professional, that's what you got to deal with. I want to go up to that person and be like, sorry, the people behind sitting behind me are complete monsters. But I didn't want to, them to point out, I didn't want to obviously point out to them anything that was like not perfect. So I just was like, you were fantastic. Yeah, we still have our work cut out for us, Leah. I guess we should just get on that. Maybe we should invent something that at least we would put out into the world. You shouldn't be doing this. So we can make a commercial like, do you have friends that talk in the theater? Give them one of these. And then it sort of like zips their mouth shut for like 30 minutes. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like if there were a line of products we could sell on a late night infomercial that would solve this problem, I, I'm right there. It's so like some sort of an in intense taffy that you sort of just can't work through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. An intense taffy. Okay. Intense taffy. And also great name. Intense taffy. Yes. Do you have a friend that won't stop talking at the wrong times? <laughs> Intense taffy. <laughs> now in diet. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to call our R&D facility. We're going to get some prototypes on our desk by Tuesday. Let's get on it. What have we learned? I learned about suspended coffee. Oh, yes. I'm very pumped about it. Like, I'm just going to start working it into my regular life. And I'm going to take it in Naples and we will try it there. I have it in my calendar. Nick promised to take me to <laughs> Naples. <laughs> and I learned that you discovered food delivery quite late in life. I did. And truth be told, I've still never used Grubhub. Oh, it's great. You should get in on that. I still walk out to pick up delivery, but I have seen a lot of the delivery robots. There's a lot of them in Los Angeles. What? Yes. What is a delivery robot? You haven't actually, you haven't seen one? We do not have delivery robots in New York as far oh. as I know. Unless they just look like... Unless they look like us. No, they they most certainly do not. <laughs> okay. I No disrespect to the delivery robots. You look fantastic, but you have your uh -huh. own look. And 
I talk to them just to be polite. Oh, oh excuse sure. me. They actually wait for you. Like if you're going to walk in front of them, they back up. They must have sensors. Oh. I have videos on my phone. I'll send one to you. Oh, I mean, I think it's a good idea for you to be polite to them because they'll remember during the AI takeover who to save and who to get rid of. They will. They'll have a picture of me being like, oh, excuse me. And they'll be like, let that one be. We'll keep that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you, Ethel, for listening. I'd send you a handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, did you know you can support our show on Patreon? Come check it out. Please. Go to our website, click on monthly membership, and see if it's something you'd like to do. We started doing videos. Yeah, they're cute. And you can ask us questions at any time of day. Yes, and we will answer them. You'll get VIP access to our thoughts, for better or for worse. <laughs> so please join us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I want to do a shout out Cordials of Kindness to Nat Goldberg, who took us out for the most lovely picnic at mm. the park and the most lovely, wonderful, surprise, delightful time. I mean, that sounds great. And for me, I want to read a nice review we just got, which is, quote, this is my favorite podcast and therefore makes Mondays my favorite day of the week. Nick and Leah solve every problem with humor and panache. And they're delightful, engaging, and just the right amount of sassy. I am stressed about the day in the future when I've listened to every episode and have no more in reserve. Thank you, Nick and Leah, for making the world a brighter place. That is so sweet. Isn't that nice? And if you're worried about running out of episodes, go back to episode one. Go on the journey again. It is actually fascinating to see how this show has evolved and how we've evolved and how the questions have evolved. Like, actually, it's a really interesting journey. So, like, if you're worried about no new episodes, go back to episode one and, like, do it again. We've changed so much. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've listened to those early episodes and they're great, but definitely, like, our rhythm is different. Our vibe is different. There was a time before Chad and Lisa were on the scene. Do you remember? There was a time. I would say this probably happens with everybody who does a weekly that we evolve. Yes. Yeah. And if we have not evolved, well, then what are we doing? What are we doing? So go on the journey with us again. And thank you for this great review. This makes our day. It's so nice. It's so nice. So thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. 
Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.